broadcasting live from the phx.fm studio in phoenix arizona it's time for valley business radio spotlighting the valley's best businesses and the people who lead them Welcome to Valley Business Radio, where we tell the stories that traditional media tends to ignore and help connect you to the right people. I'm your host, Dr. Adrian McIntyre. I'm joined in our virtual studio today by two interesting folks who are making waves in the way people get jobs, raise money, and generally interact with each other in a virtual world. With me is Emily Ahrens, Chief Marketing Officer of Unmet Jobs, and Rich Dredge, founder and CEO of Largely. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Well, I'm delighted that you're here. We're going to get into the Unmet Jobs Fair that's happening now in Arizona. It runs through April 15. But I want to also understand a little bit about who you are, how you got to this point, about the technology that's powering all of this. So why don't we start, Emily, with you and just give us a brief kind of thumbnail introduction. Uh, how, do you, how do you tell folks who you are, what you do, and who you serve? For me, being chief marketing officer, I handle all of our marketing initiatives. So think anything from socials to emails, communications, branding. I cover the whole gambit of that and just make sure that the messages that we're getting out to the public are those that are aligned with our brand and they're succinct and articulate. And so I kind of handle the strategy of all of that from start to finish on any project, this project being Unmet Jobs. Rich, tell us a little bit about yourself, the company you founded, and why you do this. I guess I've spent my entire life uh, building products for the internet when the internet started. And I'm a technologist at heart, and I love using technology uh, to do things you know, better, faster, easier. Um, and one of my really most recent obsessions over the last couple of years has been, you know, how to connect people um, in the business context and using strategies that have long been in, in employed uh, with, you know, content marketing and other sorts of uh, social media uh, content strategies that are in the, the consumer world, you know, they haven't quite made their way into the, the B2B or the business world. And I see a huge opportunity in uh, transforming the ways that people converse in the business context. And so uh, uh, we have a couple different companies. One uh, is largely, which is what is uh, powering uh, the Unmet Jobs event in Arizona right now. And um, it is doing just that. It is uh, enabling uh, job seekers and employers to meet using uh, short form videos and really helping elevate the personality and individuals that uh, both sides of that uh, you know transaction are are looking to convey. And so, uh, so I've got an awesome team. We're based in uh, St. Louis, uh, Missouri, and. Um, We've, uh, we've, we've, we've done some other events in Arizona in the venture capital industry uh, with, with uh, our other company uh, called Thumbrays. And we had uh, just an amazing uh, set of outcomes from that and uh, partnered with the Arizona Commerce Authority to make that happen, uh, as well as Unmet. Um, and uh, that went so well that uh, we were excited about doing a uh, jobs version of of that type of experience. It's a little bit uh, different, but uh, obviously custom and specific to how employers and job seekers meet. But um, so, 
so yeah, that's that's kind of how we got here. Emily, let's talk for a minute about this event, because this is the reason why we're talking. It's what's happening now. When most folks think of a, of a job fair, uh, they, they probably are thinking of something, you know, depending on their age uh, that happened, you know, was quite common 10, 20, 40 years ago. Unmet Jobs is entirely different. Uh, talk us through a little bit about the the event. What's exciting and different about it? How does it work? Uh, kind of get us into that world a little bit, and we'll unpack some of the details as we go. Yeah, perfect. So you're right. Things have changed a lot, and especially this past year, it's hard not to touch on COVID-19. Um, obviously, all in-person events were canceled. All in-person job fairs have been canceled, hiring events were canceled. So we needed to come up with an innovative solution in the wake of that. And so we knew we needed to come up with something online, modernized, new. So our entire goal of this inaugural event was in light of COVID-19 for people who were having difficulty finding employment opportunities, we wanted to provide them with a personalized and virtual networking experience where they could meet with employers and recruiters and connect with them and just kind of flip that old fashioned, just that online job board type thing that we're seeing now into a modernized, modernized solution. So like Rich mentioned, job seekers upload a short video of themselves around 60 seconds akin to like an Instagram story. And then the employers and recruiters can filter through those and view them over the course of a month. So also what's unique about us is we're dissimilar to what you're seeing in a Zoom job fair or a Zoom hiring event type thing, where maybe it's just one day or you have to log on at one particular time or for just an afternoon. With us, you get a whole month so you can come in and go at your leisure, which is really great for not only the job seekers, but also for the employers. It's fascinating. If you think about it, as I am now in this moment for the first time thinking about it, a traditional job fair is inherently inefficient. It happens at a specific place at a specific time. It starts and ends, you know, on the morning of day one and ends day one or day two. You know, it doesn't it doesn't span a long time. You have to physically go there. And then there's the inefficiencies that come, which aren't unique to job fairs. You have them at conferences and other big events as well, where you could be in the room four feet away from the person who a conversation with them is going to change your life. But you don't know and you never interact with them. You don't know who else is there. You don't know, you know, are you waiting in the right line? Is the right time? Did you get the right appointments? You know, all of this kind of stuff. And so to create a virtual experience that simply magnified those inefficiencies, as I suspect a lot of virtual job fairs are doing, uh, it just seems like a terrible idea. So this is different and it's mm -hmm. different in the DNA of how it works. You've alluded to a couple of these things. Uh the job seekers upload videos, the employers have a long time to review, but I understand there's probably more that's going on beyond a traditional print out a stack of resumes and go and drop, you know, that kind of thing. So get us into the nitty gritty of the experience and what's special about it. Yes. Yeah, so you bring up a great point, right? So if you picture yourself in a traditional job fair, you're standing there, it's a crowded room and maybe you're not great at communicating. Maybe that's not a strength of yours. Maybe your strengths are in different areas or maybe you're really creative and that's hard to show to a crowd of people, you know, but with our platform and with largely and unmet jobs, when you upload that video of yourself, you get to give that employer 
a real look at who you are outside of that paper resume, right? So what they wouldn't be able to read on that resume about you, you can show them. You can talk directly to them. You can talk about your hobbies. They, you can, they can see your energy level for the position. They can see how you present yourself if you're poised. They just get such a better view of who you are as a person rather than just a, a piece of paper on a stack. Like, you know, people get lost in the shuffle all the time. This is your opportunity to really stand out. Now, Rich, the platform powering all of this is largely, and you mentioned that this started with Thumbrise and a solution specifically for uh, capital raising startups, especially early stage startups, trying to find funding. There's inherent inefficiencies in that process as well. Talk us through from those earlier days, what problem you were out to solve and how that's now shown up in a very different context with the job seeking experience. So we originally set out uh, to solve the problem for helping startups efficiently meet with investors and vice versa for investors to efficiently meet with startups. And there was an enormous amount of time wasted on both sides of the market meeting with the wrong people. And, you know, how many times do people, you know, get some cold inbound or, or set up an, a meeting to, to, you know, have that first glance opportunity to meet someone, but then get five minutes into the meeting and realize this isn't for me. Um, and that, that amount of, of time when you kind of add it all up in totality across the market, uh, it's, it's enormous. And there's an incredible amount of waste there. And, you know, what we, what we felt uh, very strongly about and still do is that, you know, with early stage investing, it, it's a very qualitative experience. Uh, it's about the story. It's about the person telling the story, um, connecting with an audience in a very, uh, you know, business oriented environment. And we felt like there was no real solution in the market that that really helped nail that. And so we set out to go do that. And so um, we had we had run a few different events with the Arizona Commerce Authority uh, with uh, great success, uh, raising. Uh, you know, large amounts of money with uh, a lot of different startups at very, various industries and stages. And uh, we started looking at uh, the jobs uh, space as a very similar problem set. Um, it's, 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 and as Emily alluded to earlier, it's about, you know, a person who is trying to tell their story. And I think we all can agree that a uh, PDF of uh, you know my story in, in a resume format does a very poor job of you know illustrating just who I am and I think uh, so often now today when you sit down with any uh, any hiring manager recruiter uh, you know all the way to the top and you ask what is most important uh, for their company. When they think about hiring, culture, uh, you know, over the last, uh, you know, call it 10 years, I think has evolved to becoming the most important. And culture is defined through personality, through values, through things that uh, are very poorly represented on a resume. And so we see a huge opportunity here in enabling companies to hire uh you know, talent that embodies the culture that they want because they can now see people um, in a way that they otherwise couldn't uh, before. 
and vice versa, uh, we found that when sitting down with a job seeker and asking them, what is it that you're looking for? Uh, I think really recently there's been this uh, incredibly important trend about, you know, job seekers now have real conviction about the companies that they're going to join. And they want to understand more about the companies uh, that they want to go work for. And it's less about, I just want to go get this job. It's about what's the mission? What is it that we're doing? And so we've flipped this around in largely by enabling employers to also tell their story by inviting their team members to come on and create their short videos to say, hey, I'm the CEO of X. This is why I love what we do. This is why we do what we do and enable them to sell themselves because let's face it, uh, people have choices in ways uh, that historically, you know, they just didn't have and job seekers um, rightfully so are wanting to connect with companies that they care about. And so uh, that's kind of how we got here. And um, it has been uh, extraordinary to see the creativity, the, uh, the stories that people have uh, submitted and out of, you know, looking inside of Arizona, I mean, we have uh, some incredibly talented people who uh, have put uh, some incredible videos together to help, you know, tell their story and what it is that they're looking for. And so uh, it's, it's pretty amazing when you see it. I love that so much. And I had to just pause for a second because I was getting goosebumps as you were talking, I contributed to an article in 2017 on hiring and retaining top talent in manufacturing, which isn't something I know anything about. Uh, in fact, I'm a terrible employee. I've never really <laughs> had, had good luck you know, being an employee or applied for many jobs in my life. Uh, definitely on the, the outsider of that whole world. But as a storytelling expert who understands culture and communication, uh, I, I had something I wanted to say, which is, and I'm going to read you the first part of this because it's in this uh, shameless uh, self-serving plug. I never really get to do this, but it was so perfect. This is what I wrote. One of the biggest mistakes a company can make is thinking that culture applies to existing employees only. To recruit and retain top talent, you need to create and nurture a culture of storytelling that will be visible outside your company. And it goes on into some specific details. Your platform wasn't doing this for folks at the time, but now I'm extremely excited about the fact that this is part of what's going on. So it's not just the job seekers making videos. That's right. Members of the team are creating videos that can be shared with people who are considering those positions and applying for those positions. Tell me more about that. You know, it's interesting when you sit down and you talk to uh company leaders about their marketing strategies to get in front of talent. More often than not, talent is uh, the most important thing uh, to a company. And, you know, I've run large companies before and I can tell you, you get stuck with this situation where you've got 10 priorities and talent is always somewhere in the in the top, you know, three or four. Um, but there's these huge roadblocks ahead of you to go out and figure out, okay, how do I go craft that story to go get in front of 
the talent that that I'm looking to connect with. And uh, I'm sure many in the, uh, the the listening audience can relate to this experience of, okay, we're going to craft the project of producing a uh, a video or something. Uh, to help sell our story, right? It's, it's, I'm going to go hire an agency. Um, and we're going to, we're going to plan this whole thing out. We're going to cast it. We're going to, uh, we're going to spend, you know, probably a couple months and, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, or if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on your budget, uh, to go produce that. And it goes out and it begins to age and it begins to, uh, drift in its relevance. And then companies are often faced with the reality of, I have to go make another one to update it, right? Because companies evolve, teams evolve. Um, and, and these are just very expensive and complex things. Well, what we figured out is that it's very simple to pick up your cell phone and just record a very simple video, uh, answering a, a, a series of questions. And uh, what we found was that it actually, not only is it is it cheaper and easier to do that, but it's actually more real. It's more authentic. And uh, let's face it, um, people want to have that sense of one-to-one connection and feel it's authentic versus manufactured or it's, it doesn't feel... Uh, it doesn't feel right. And so uh, what we love about what we've enabled here and what we've seen companies embrace is uh, making these very simple uh, human interactions of, of, of telling a story um, and just in the same way that the other side is doing it as well. And it levels the playing field, makes it feel real. And I mean, I think that's what everyone's looking for is they want to know like what is real, what is authentic and like really connecting with those, um, those opportunities where it makes sense. So, so that, that's, that's how we, that, that's how we've approached it. I, I couldn't agree more. I, by the way, as side note, I've often joked that brand storytelling is just code word for expensive video production <laughs> yeah. and that companies really need to embrace what you're talking about right now, which is informal everyday storytelling in an authentic way. Have both, yep. by the way. Have the super high production value, expensive, you know, brand story videos that the consultants and the agencies have worked with you on, but have uh, an infinite number of smaller, both in the size of the screen, the scope of the project, the the kind of stories being shared, and, ha- and have those out there as touch points so that your culture... Uh, as an anthropologist, I shudder a little bit every time I say that word. Um, there was a great essay written by an anthropologist like 30 years ago called Every Time I Hear the Word Culture, I Reach for My Checkbook because somebody wants to sell me something. Uh, but the culture of your company is in the fabric of those interactions. Emily, you live every day in a world where creating and sharing content stories uh, in, a, in a marketing piece, but also as, you know, I'm, as, as a producer and consumer of the way we do things now, which is through our phones, and that's how we interact with our friends and our family, and as well as our career and so on. There's some unique aspects to what you're asking people to do, which on the one hand, they're very familiar with if they make stories or reels or TikToks, uh, you know, fleets, what have you, pick your 
pick your favorite app and there's some version of this there. Um, but you're also asking them to do this in a professional context, and they may not have ever thought that was possible before. So how do you talk to or advise job seekers on how to get the most and how to give the most in, in making these kind of videos? What should they be thinking about? How do they prepare? Uh, you know, in a way, this is much more freeing than a typical job interview, but there's also some challenges that come along with it mentally where they're like, well, I don't know. I got to record this thing on my phone and upload it. Uh, what, what do you say to them? How do, how do they get into that world? There's a couple things that we say. The first is, in a nutshell, I would say treat it as though it is an interview as far as the level of professional, right? So you don't want to show up in your pajamas, right? You want to dress like you're in an actual interview. You don't want to be in your bedroom. You do want to be behind a blank wall. You do want to have light on your face. So a lot of the same rings true as as though you you were in a real interview, act the same way, act professional. As far as what you're saying, we have a couple options and we've actually written some blogs that um, they could check out at our website, which is unmetjobs.com. But, you know, we recommend maybe writing yourself a script. Everybody's different. Some people feel comfortable talking on the fly. They can do it in one take. That's great for them. Some people aren't and that's okay too. So we recommend maybe writing yourself a script that you could follow, write yourself some notes to have down too. So you could do it on your phone or your webcam. So make, can you sketch out, kind of talk about your work experience, past education experience, internships, whatever you have, load that up up front through the middle, talk about your skills, what you can bring to the position, what makes you unique as a candidate, and then end just talking about yourself. What are your hobbies? What do you like to do in your free time? And Rich mentioned a little bit ago that we do ask the job seekers after they've registered and they're getting onboarded to largely we asked them a series of questions, the last being to go ahead and upload that video. And so in those questions, we also try to take some of that work off of them in the video by asking them about their work experience. You know, we ask some fun questions. What could you do if you, you know, never slept again? Or, you know, we just want to really understand them as a full person. So those questions in conjunction with the video, in conjunction with the traditional resume that they can upload is the trifecta for us. And so I guess circling back, tips would be to stay professional, check out our blogs, be yourself, be honest, and just kind of showcase what what makes you unique. That's the whole purpose. Another thing I'm really excited about here, and this may sound strange, but I'm excited by the fact that, well, there are filters, I, I assume, ways that uh, employers who are looking for people can sort through the the stuff. I, you can say more about how this actually works in a minute, but it, it sounds like there are filters, but there isn't an algorithm per se. Is that correct, Rich? That's correct. Yeah. Well, let me tell you why I think that's interesting. And it's ironic given that we're into algorithms now, and this is machine learning and, and deep learning and pattern recognition, natural language processing. All these are the, this is, these are the things that we're building towards. But there's something that I think might be more equitable and more interesting about not having that in this point in time, at least in the trajectory of the company. Because what I hear, again, I don't apply for jobs, but what I hear from people who do is that they've had to submit their resume to a platform that is then processing it based on keyword density and a variety of other things. 
and that they're not getting through that sorting process, algorithmically managed sorting process to the people who are looking for applicants. The other side is that the the hiring managers are saying they're not getting high quality candidates out of the algorithms. And here's the interesting thing. The middle person in this, the company that provides the platform is turning around and then selling optimization services in both directions. Oh, your resume didn't get through. You should sign up for our resume optimization package where we'll help you get even more. And on the other side, similar kinds of employer services. And here's what's happening in that. As a linguist, as an anthropologist, I know what's happening is that the, the, the unique fabric of that human being is being systematically erased out of the document in order to f- be a better quote-unquote fit. Your platform, as you say, rehumanizes the hiring experience. That's incredibly fascinating. Thoughts about that? I'd love to hear from both of you. I mean, you nailed it. I feel like uh, you should help do our pitches um, because that is like the crux of it. I mean, the I, I, I put together a... Uh, a historical view of what has transpired in the you know hiring experience, and I was uh, moving my parents out of uh, their house. They relocated uh, from Atlanta to Illinois um, this last summer, and I was going through the basement and I uncovered this envelope, and inside of it was a. Uh, printed out list of must have been 2,000 uh, names, phone numbers, and addresses of hiring managers of corporations throughout the U.S. And on the top of this was a stapled personal note from my uncle who had given this to my father to help him find a job. And he says, you know, best of luck, hope this helps. And I and I, I sat there and I looked at this and I, I thought to myself, my God, so I, I was born in 1980. Uh, I uh, really have spent my whole life uh, coding and have been involved in the internet, but it, it, it didn't occur to me. I mean, this was in the, I think this document was handed to him in 1995 and right at the beginning of the internet boom. And, you know, the, the information age and the connectivity of the internet had not yet really infiltrated how people uh, sought after jobs or, got connected with hiring managers and such. And, and the way it worked was it was a very personal experience, right? It was you, uh, you work your personal network, you call someone, you write them a letter. There's a, a personal touch that goes into that that had been erased when you look at what had occurred from you know 2000 until today where you have this introduction of um, you know, this 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 information uh, optimization and systematic uh, uh, mazes that uh, people get pushed through. And so the way it has evolved now is that uh, you are correct. There are systematic efforts to craft and keyword stuff and do all of these things to a, a, a resume to, to penetrate through all of these different uh, filters and algorithms and ranking systems and, you know, the sad outcome of that is uh, you have people just spraying and praying their uh, resume to as many places as they can. And you end up in a situation also where hiring managers, uh, they don't actually get to meet the person. 
um, until very deep into a process. Um, and, you know, the amount of time, again, going back to that issue of, um, you know, spending time with the wrong people, um, you know, on both sides is, is, is just horribly inefficient. And so uh, I think, you know, this, this idea of, of, of introducing the person up front in the process, um, you know, I will say is, is definitely atypical uh, rel- relative to other uh, commonly used practices. Um, but uh, one thing I'll say is that, and I think this is a little bit of a difference in, in thinking about like other virtual, um, you know, certainly like a Zoom type experience. One of the things that we do is we, we enable uh, the, the, the job seeker or the employer, you know, to record something that, that embodies who, who they are at their best, right? So it allows them to maybe take two or three or four takes on, on that, that little uh, clip that they want to record um, versus maybe stumbling through something live in a, in an interview. And it wasn't like, Oh, I just, I wish I, I remember that one little nugget that, I mean, we've all had that feeling, right? You, you leave and you're like, why didn't I just say, you know, X or whatever it was that, um, you, you remembered later. And so we, we, we give you the opportunity to be your best and, um, and, and do that at the, at the front end of this process, not at the end or in the middle, right? Like do it at the beginning, um, because that's what we're trying to do. And yes, we do have, Systems that enable companies to search and look for um, keywords, but I'll tell you, like it's difficult to keyword stuff a video, right? Like uh, if I'm having a conversation with you, I can't uh, insert the you know 50 jargon terms of skills that I might have just to kind of be relevant. Like I have to kind of fit that into a coherent statement, um, and so that's one thing that video can help. Uh, do is, you know, have that authentic view of the person and um, trying to step out of that gaming of, of how resumes have, have unfortunately become uh, that, that, that tool. Emily, tell us a little bit about this event that's happening here in Arizona from the employer side of the equation, uh, because you're serving both people who are seeking jobs and the employers who want to hire them. Give us a little bit of insight. The, 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 the unmet jobs event has been up and running now. It's going through April 15. Who's already on the platform? How many businesses are there? What types of companies are there? Uh, what's the experience like for them? What can you share with us on what it looks like from the employer's perspective? We touched on it a little bit ago, but the employers have the same capability that the job seekers do in the sense that they can go ahead and upload those 60 second videos or team videos you know, whatever they would like to do with that. But the cool thing is, is that they could highlight individuals from different parts of their company. So let's say you're a really big organization. You could have somebody do a video who's in HR, and then you could bring somebody in marketing and you could have somebody come in from sales so that the job seeker can go there and get, no matter what kind of position they were looking for, they could hear from somebody maybe in the one that they were looking for. So by highlighting a bunch of different members from your team just helps give the job seekers a better idea. So I think that aspect is really cool. And then touching on a little bit of what you were mentioned earlier, as far as the humanized element, something that I think is really special to the employers is that, you know, I've known people and I've had friends that have had a really tough time finding employment and they found it to be really misleading, especially on those job boards. I won't say what they are, but the traditional ones that you can go to and search for, a lot of those jobs are not real or they're not what they seem to be. And they may label it as a particular job, 
but you don't know the position that you're getting into. And they can be really misleading. And so I think by the employers submitting these videos, you put a face to a name. And if I'm a job seeker, I see number one, you're real. Okay, this is a real person. This is a real position. This is a real company. I'm not getting scammed. I'm not stepping into a position that claims to be something that it's not. So for for employers, I just think the video aspect is really important. And I can't drive home that enough. But their experience is relatively the same. So they'll go ahead and do that. They can upload as many job listings as they'd like. So we don't have a cap. Um, it's free for both job seekers and employers. You don't have to pay per post or something like that. So they can upload the job listings there for the job seekers. And so it's just an easy process. It, it doesn't take long. It's simple for them. They can copy paste in the content. It's it's very easy for them to do. So we launched March 15th with 250 employers from across the state in various different industries. Um, it just runs the gambit, everything from internship, entry level, all the way up to executive level positions, positions in retail, insurance, healthcare, engineering, construction, tech, hospitality. It's just everything you could think of, all industries. We launched with 250. What are you seeing in terms of activity on the platform? Are people posting and it's crickets? Is there a lot happening? Like I, I realize we're not even halfway through yet, but what's happening in there right now? What, what sort of data, what sort of insights can you share about what's going on? Sure. So we can share a little bit about what we've seen thus far. Again, like you mentioned, it is ongoing. So these numbers are changing all the time. But we've seen about 57 hours of view time, 1,645 video resume views to date. 663 job openings to date. We're looking at a two minute and 23 second average view time per job seeker. And the average video being created is about 90 seconds. So those are just like a high level overview of what we've seen so far. You know, it's fascinating to me as people begin to realize what's possible from interacting on a platform like Largely that, uh, you know, the, the barriers to entry are pretty minimal. I mean, the, the, the value prop is solid. Uh, what does it take for somebody? Obviously, we're focusing on this event here in Arizona that runs through April 15, but clearly the vision goes beyond this, both, you know, in distance and time. So what does it take to, to set up one of these events? How, what's the lead time? You know, what, what, what kind of partnerships are necessary to make this happen? I, I know Arizona Commerce Authority has been involved in helping facilitate this. But if you were to do another one in, you know, Denver or Duluth or Des Moines or downtown Buffalo, what does it take to pull this off? It takes a lot of getting the word out there, right? We need the job seekers and the employers to know that the event is happening. As far as partnerships, like you mentioned, we only partnered with the ACA on this event. Um, you know, I think in the future, we would look to state entities because um, we find those to be really valuable partnerships for us. We always have sponsorship opportunities available should employers want to get involved. So that's something that's on the table moving forward. But for us and from my marketing perspective, we focus mainly on the outreach and what it takes to reach these people and get them onboarded to the platform because that's what makes the event successful overall. I can let Rich speak to the technology standpoint of it. Yeah, the nice thing about software is that it's it's obviously easy to scale. Um, what what goes into it though is is the people, and so as Emily alluded to earlier about the marketing efforts and the outreach um, for us, it's about connecting with people within local markets. Um, you know, obviously uh, we're focused right now in the state of Arizona, and 
focused on jobs in Arizona. Um, but, you know, not surprisingly, a lot of these companies also have uh, job needs in other uh, parts of the, uh, you know, the U.S. and internationally. And so, we, you know, we certainly would love to be able to, you know, help in, in areas there uh, where we can. But, um, you know, currently the strategy that we have is to focus on, uh, you know, regional and local markets uh, as a primary area of focus, just, just fundamentally because, uh, you know, people live and work uh, in the same, you know, same place generally. And, uh, um, and it, it, it does require that kind of intimate market uh, uh, penetration and making sure that uh, we have, you know, critical mass on, on both sides of the market. So that's, that's what we intend on doing. And, um, you know, we do plan on doing a series of these throughout the U S and, uh, this is, this is one of our first, um, and, uh, we're excited about it. Emily, as a, as a marketer, as an event strategist, uh, you've got a lot of experience working in a variety of different industries. You've done marketing and media related things, strategy and activation, uh, for Super Bowl, Olympic, other high profile types of events. Uh, and, and now here you are overseeing the marketing and media and communication around a job fair. And at some level, that's exciting. And it's also at some level doesn't have some of the flashbang glitz and glamour of some of those other events. What's the same about marketing and promoting an event like this and those other types of things you've done in the past? And what's different? What's what's unique and uh, the challenges and opportunities in, in that regard? I'll tell you what's unique and I'll tell you what I like about this in particular is that we're trying to help. And those other things are flashy and they're great and they're fun, but they don't help anybody. And we're, we're truly just trying to help people. We want them to end up in the best employment opportunity that they can. We want them to land the dream job they've always wanted. We want them to end up with the most compatible employer for them. Like, and I, I want to be a part of that. I want to help people find those employment opportunities and facilitate those relationships. So as far as strategy at a high level, it's, it's generally the same in a lot of ways. It's just getting your message across and using whatever platform is possible and thinking outside the box and thinking creatively and thinking as a job seeker at times and thinking as an employer at times. So broad level, it's, it's all about reaching the people. And as far as uniqueness, it's again, it's different from a high level sports event in the sense that it's granular. It's about the people and there's a level of empathy to what we're doing that really resonates with me and which is why I, I care so much and I just want this to be such a success, which we're seeing that it is, which is fantastic. But that's what really drew me to this project. Some SaaS solutions are really trying to sell, solve problems for really the entire internet, the entire world, um, have unique opportunities and unique challenges in trying to do that. I'm intrigued by what Rich was speaking about a few minutes ago about the very regional or geographically specific nature of these type of events. In some ways, that makes it easier uh, to promote, but in other ways, it makes it harder because you've got unique dynamics in local markets and different uh, different media players, different influencers, different outlets. There's just a whole variety of stuff that is not going to be the same uh, in Phoenix and in Philly. So what are you learning, Emily, as you execute on this one here in Arizona that you think might translate uh, to other places? And what do you think is unique here that you've come to appreciate? 
again, we're still in the midst of it. So we're taking note of everything, right? There's a big, because this is one of our first ones, we're taking all of the data in where we've monitored everything from start to finish. We are taking notes. We are being diligent. So we are going to, at the completion of this, look at all of this data and really hone in on what we did that worked and what we saw work for job seekers and what we saw work for employers and take that into the next ones that we do. Um, so we've just been monitoring the entire time, like I shared with those statistics with you, those high level ones, but we obviously have many more that are just at a lower level, but we're seeing it all come in as far as, you know, strategies. It's hard to say right now because we're not done. We're still very much in the middle of it. We're still employing new strategies every week and looking at this from every angle and trying to appeal to such a large market. So we're still in the middle of it, but um, we definitely plan to do a very comprehensive, take a very comprehensive look at the end and really think about what we can do moving forward in different states. I can only imagine that a playbook, uh, if you will, mm -hmm. kind of emerges from this that you can carry from one place to the next, but the actual moves, the uh, the way the chess pieces get lined up and who the players are has to change a lot. Rich, what's what happens after April 15? Uh, does all this stuff go away? Is it still there? And, and what what's going on with that? First off, uh, it, 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 nothing will technically go away. Um, you know, those who want to continue to, uh, look for jobs, um, you know, will have, uh, ongoing access made available for people, uh, to do so. And, um, there's some new things that we're going to be launching as a product, uh, to help support people beyond just this one event, uh, on both sides, right. On, on people looking for jobs and people looking to fill, uh, positions within companies. And so, um, so there will be a series of, of really cool uh, new uh, features that will roll out uh, that help on both sides there. Um, but uh, as, as it pertains to the, the particular event, um, you know, I think uh, that will close um, on the April 15th, but we will make uh, available opportunities for people to uh, continue to, to have support um, in, in whatever goals that they may have. So, um, we don't want to leave people hanging. Um, you know, good things do have to come to an end at some point, um, but uh, but we will be there for people uh, as an ongoing support. Well, events are like that. You know, there's a there's a the time they start and the time they end, and you you then you find the after party, right? So that's right. <laughs> Rich Dredge is founder and CEO of Largely. A jobs platform that is rehumanizing the hiring experience and powering unmetjobs.com, a free virtual job fair for employers and job seekers. Emily Ahrens is the chief marketing officer for Unmet Jobs. Emily, Rich, thank you both for joining us for this conversation. Thanks for having us, Adrian. 